Do you like to dine out, but you're on a very tight budget? Then the Dining on a Dime podcast is what you want to listen to. Now, here are the guys who are going to show you how to do this. Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of our great sport. My name's Kevin Wilson, along with J. Cole and... Bill Zimmerman. All right, here we go. Today, you're going to love it. We're going to talk about the food at Philadelphia Stadiums. I'm going to be covering and telling you about Wells Fargo. Uh, J. Cole is going to be talking about the link. And our special guest this week is uh, Philly Bike Magazine and indie Philly proprietor, uh, Bill Zimmerman. Uh, Don't forget, guys, every Monday through Friday, our show is on IndiePhilly.com. Uh, from 11 to 12, right before you go to work, or, or wait, go to lunch at work. You I was going to say, when you get up <laughs> at the crack of noon, uh, I better get to work. It's almost 2 p.m. <laughs> so right before you guys go to lunch at work, listen to IndiePhilly.com. You'll see the hear the Dining on a Dime podcast, and then you can take some of our tips uh, on where to go for lunch. Uh, so we did very well last Friday. Uh, last, uh, if you go to wildfireradio.com, uh, look up our New Jersey show. That was a huge hit and a huge hit on Philly, Indy Philly last week. Uh, this week we're talking about stadiums. All right. I just wanted to add that little flavor to the show. Okay, let's start with Bill Zimmerman. He's having uh, like a Wolfman Jack moment <laughs> over there. <laughs> Bill, just switch over and shut off his mic. We'll do the hour. <laughs> so, Bill, uh, tell us about the Philadelphia Phillies with Bryce Harper this year. What can we eat down there? Well, you know, things, things are really building up at the stadium. I mean, that, not only the Bryce Harper uh, news that came out, but also the Phillies sort of being are taking back their, their, their food venues. Uh, McFadden's is now out. Uh, and instead of bringing in somebody, they've decided to do it on, on their own. So they're creating this new pass and stow outdoor area where McFadden's used to be. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting. They're going to be keeping the the bar aspect of it. Uh, they're going to make it a little more family friendly than what it was before. Um, and they're bringing in this uh, foundry pizza uh, place to be sort of the cornerstone of it. And joining them will be the Shake Shack, which recently also announced that they have a food truck that has entered the Philadelphia scene. Mm-hmm. How about that? So let's get into specifics. Well, this started as uh, um, food trucks for people that were on the outside looking in. Now everybody on the inside wants their own food truck. Um, over an industrial food truck, Gary Koppelman's got a ton of bills going for corporations. And I think if you had asked that 10 years ago, that probably wouldn't have been the case. You know, it was mom and pop or two brothers, and they had this idea for tacos. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Shake Shack, which has got how many stores across the country? Yeah. Um, and now they want a food truck. Uh, we, you know, a little bit, we'll talk about the link. And there's a Dunkin' Donuts food truck there. There's, you know what I mean? That is interesting. It's kind of become a thing now where, you know, maybe you don't want to build an entire physical structure for a four or five hour sports event. Now, just so everyone knows, J. Cole is a food truck expert. My question to you, J. Cole, as a food truck expert, is it saving them money to go towards the food truck? Or do you think? You know what? I would say it depends on the operation, what you're serving, and what kind of sporting event you're going to be. But generally, the answer is always yes. 
Because let's be honest, you look at what a build-out costs, and unless you get some kind of subsidization, like, you know, today we're talking about stadiums, right? So stadiums have the spot. uh, They can probably adjust the rent or whatever um, to get someone in there, like if they really want them, right? Let's just say, like, I make the best peanut butter sandwiches in the world. Well, if you really want me to make them at the stadium, you know, my rent will be a dollar a month. If you don't care, I'll just pay whatever the per square footage is and hope for the best. It's easier for me to just pay one fee, get into, you know, the outer ring. I mean, I guess each stadium causes something different, but the link has an outer ring. And that's where you see all these food trucks and trailers. Nice. So I'm going to be telling you guys about Wells Fargo. Uh, Indy Philly and Philly Bike Magazine, Bill Zimmerman, will be talking about uh, the big one because that's going to be a huge hit this year. Uh, Citizens Bank Park. John's going to be talking about the link. So we're going to start with Citizens Bank Park. Bill, tell us the info. Where can we eat when we go to see Bryce Harper? Well, the Citizens Bank Park is part of the baseball scene. So when you really think of sports and food, there is this huge connection. The more leisure that that sport is, the more food involved it is. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why you get such a large venue like Citizens Bank Park is really an experience. Um, you could literally go to the park and not know what's going on in the game, uh, what inning that they're in, but you can be walking around that park eating all day. Yeah. They have uh, been building up probably in the last three or four years. So we had just mentioned that they're building a new passes stow area, but last year they they had uh, built the the uh, yard. So the yard is a, a family type destination they built that also has a boardwalk. So they're trying to bring that Jersey Shore oh, wow. boardwalk food type feel in, into it, uh, which is perfect for for the ballpark because if you think about it, it's literally one big boardwalk that you're walking around all day. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also one of those few sports where you don't have to get a seat. Right. You can buy just an admission uh, to come in, not get a seat, walk around. And I, I constantly do that uh, three or four times. Time. And Citizens Bank Park is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a gorgeous ballpark. And uh, inside baseball is myself, Kevin Wilson, the author. Uh, I actually worked at uh, Vet Stadium from 89 to 96. I worked the World Series. I was on the field for the World Series security. I worked uh, the uh, playoff game when the Phillies went to the World Series, and I also worked the uh, All-Star game in 96 on the field. So that was a great experience for me. I just want to give a shout-out to my uh, alumni from the Phillies. And you did just a great job because that big green costume is not easy to wear. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually a great guy. Uh, Go ahead. But, but no, I mean, it's it's the – the Phillies and food, first of all, Philadelphia and food, and Philadelphia and sports is something special. Now, let me ask you a question, Bill. Didn't this all start with them uh, uh, upgrading the food at the stadium with the bullpen with Greg Lazinski? Isn't that what was the first thing that they really... Yeah, they 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 started redoing things. They started relooking at at the way that they interact with fans and... Food is on, food and, and beverage is one of the biggest things the, that you're going to interact with your fans with. Right, and I know the bullpen was the first big hit they had. Uh, they had the bullpen, and then they, they built um, Harry DeKay's uh, yeah. uh, broadcast bar, yeah. um, and they elevated some of those high-end boxes. There's a, you know, a whole thing going on there. 
Um, you can walk around this stadium from top to bottom, and you could literally grab something to eat every five steps, ten steps. Yeah, and what is challenge accepted? <laughs> <laughs> what is new this season? Do you have anything new down there? Well, besides them really refining this pass in, in Stowe, I think that 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 they they've really concentrated this year. Last year it was the uh, yard, so they built that family friendly experience. Right. They've sort of continued that over with the pass and stow. Now that McFadden's is out, they had this big area. They could have gone either way. They could have brought somebody else in. Right. But they decided that they were going to do it them, them themselves. They're going to bring in their own bar, their own staff, uh, and then they are going to be renting a little bit of smaller areas out. So it's just not this big, large area. Well, let's get into specifics. What specifically can I find when I go to Citizen Bank Park? What kind of restaurants? Diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Citizen's Bank Park has a little bit for for basically anybody. I mean, you can get get your pizza, you can get your cheesesteak, you can get your... your, well, last your time beer, I was there, your liquor, your... yeah, last time I was there, I believe it was section two thirty seven ish. I had the best vegetarian veggie burger. I know it sounds bizarre that I'm eating a veggie burger, but I had the best. Was, best... That, a, was that a misorder? Yeah, right? no. I mean, I just for some bizarre reason I ordered a veggie burger and it was outstanding. I believe it was behind section two something, but uh, that was a very good spot. And the point we're trying to get across today uh, to our listeners is that uh, stadium food and arena food has stepped up its game. Uh, There are really uh, high-level chefs cooking at these stadiums. Uh, You can go down, and it's no longer in the old days. It used to be a hot dog or whatever. That's no longer the case. No, I mean, you you basically have a a myriad of places now. It's it's Bank Park. They probably have the most vendors out of any one of the the stadiums in Philadelphia. I mean, you... You've got just looking the list here. You've got Fairmount Fries, you got uh, Federal Donuts and Chicken, you've got Campo Steaks. We have uh, Chicken and Pete's, uh, Boardwalk Eats, Nice Left Gate, uh, the Brewery Town Draft Beer and Wine. I mean, so these are just a few. Could you uh, imagine? I mean, of, of probably just hundreds um, of, of of small areas, small small type 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 food, and then there's also Harry DeKay's. Yep. Uh, you also have some larger restaurants and some larger bars with the new Pass the Stowe. Um, and then right across the street, I mean, let's not forget, you have Xfinity Center. Yeah. Yeah. And, John, you were just talking about Peter McAndrews? Uh, yeah. Um, Paisano's is, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff over right, the years in this right. area. Paisano's was something that was near and dear to my congested heart because nice. it's sandwiches. Uh, Tony Luke and I were there a while back, and we had Scrapple Cheesesteaks when they had the store on uh, down in the Italian market, and it was absolutely delicious. I mean, if you'd been to that store, it was literally the wall was a menu. They didn't cover everything. Um, I can understand why they left the Italian market, simply because everybody who lives down in South Philly, they've already got their favorite sandwich place. Right, right? exactly. They don't want to have to butt heads with everyone else. They're going to be over at, I guess, the link. Okay. And I can see where, you, if you're a pure sandwich guy, right. you're, you've got your chance to get the Schmetter. Right. And Tony Luke's is over there, roast pork sandwich. But if you want, like, look like a little variety, 
you're going to you know you you're going to want Peter McAndrews over there. You're going to oh, want yeah. the Paisanos Absolutely. over there because they'll have. Of course, I don't think the menu will be exactly the same size because at, at a football game nobody's going to read through two hundred items <laughs> on the <laughs> right, menu. Right. Exactly. Plus, sandwiches are different. Um, I've talked about this on other shows over the years. Philadelphia is like the city of sandwiches. I don't care what sandwich you like. Yeah. I don't know anyone in the city that doesn't like a sandwich. Yeah. Um, whether it's super high elevated, you know, a thirty dollar sandwich, a thirteen dollar sandwich, a three dollar sandwich. People love it. Right. And I think you're going to get this situation where people sort of, uh, they know what they want. Right. And they, will, and they will know what Peter, what they need to do over at Paisano's is, I don't want to say hitch their star to one sandwich because that's bad, but people are overwhelmed. Like when I went in there one day, I head off. Tony and I had the whole afternoon to just look at the menu. You wow. know, we didn't have anything to do. I think they need to sort of, like, if I got a word in someone's ear other than, you know, much respect to Chef Aunt McAndrews, I would be like, pick a sandwich. Yeah. Pick something that people can lock on to, and then they'll look at the rest of the menu. Absolutely. Because everybody that I saw that walked into Paisano's down in the Italian market, their eyes were like the size of saucers, like... I can't believe they have all this stuff in here. And it was good. Oh, yeah. I was probably in there about six or seven times before they closed, and everything I had was delicious. Um, so definitely go. Don't you know? Don't take this as like a hesitancy to right, not go. Right. Just sort of have a little bit idea of what you want in mind. Right. Because you run in there and, you know, you'll – the next thing you know, you'll, you won't have made a decision, and the half will be over. And you're saying that they're coming to the link. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Now, Bill, uh, I would uh, much to John's shock and amazement, a lot of our emails from our listeners and a lot of our internet communication are, are about special diets, gluten free, vegetarian. Uh, Citizens Banks has that covered, don't they? Yeah, Citizens Bank Park has it covered. You'll find Wells Fargo has it covered, and and, and Link has it covered. So oh. that's become a popular food item with the gluten-free, uh, yeah. vegan uh, diet restrictions. Um, so all the parks are sort of jumping in on, 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 on this particular trend. Yeah, and we're dining on a dime. We show you the best places to eat on a good, at a good price. So we're, if you're on a tight budget, this is the show where you want to listen to. And surprisingly, we get a lot of emails from people uh, that are looking for where can I eat out well on a tight budget, but I'm gluten free, but I'm, uh, you know, vegetarian, I'm a vegan. And uh, that is a popular thing. And the Citizens Bank has that covered. That's good. to Yeah. Know. And then on, on top of that, I mean, you, you mentioned eating out and eating out on a dime. Uh, you're not going to do that a lot of times right. at a sports venue. But every sports venue and every team is always putting together packages because they're trying to get the families to come out. They're yep. trying to get the kids involved with it. Very true. So you can always go to these ballpark events and find uh, a Tuesday or a Monday that they put aside to where they're going to offer you a family package. You're going to get the hot dog. You're going to get the, the uh, drinks. You're going to get the fries. And it's going to be in a package that's actually reasonable. Well, I remember back just a few years ago when the Phantoms were still in Philadelphia. They had these great packages, and then you would go to a Flyers game, and it would be like, well, your beer is $11, yeah, and you know your sausage and pepper sandwich is $11, and F you, I need three more dollars. So it was $25 for a beer yeah. and a sandwich, and you'd be like, hold on a second, man. And then you would see the Phantoms. Now they're out in Lehigh Valley, that Lehigh Valley somewhere, but you would look at these minor league packages, hockey and baseball in particular, and they were putting these packages together back in the 80s and 90s, and I think it took a little while. Right. For the top of the food chain to realize, hey, let's get the families here. 
Because let's be honest, way back in the day, it was primarily guys. It was guys that had a few bucks that could afford, you know, disposable income that could afford the tickets. You know what I mean? Um, now, like Bill said, they want to get families out there. Well, come on. Um, I need for this, for that. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like two, it's like two parents and two kids, right? Well, yeah. What is the food bill for that? Yeah. And, and, and the minor leagues get that. So if you go to any, any one of these minor league stadiums, like the, the, um, the Blue Rocks uh, down in Delaware, Blue Rocks down in Delaware, perfect example. They, instead of having a, a shooter that shoots out t-shirts, they shoot out hot dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, they get the kids involved. Uh, the food is more reasonably priced. But it just goes to show you this connection because when you go out to the ballpark and the more leisurely that that event is, the more that you're going to want to eat. It becomes this social setting. I actually know people personally that stopped going to professional sports and went to minor leagues because of that. It's more of a you know a, a, an atmosphere they like better. Now, Bill, we're going to come back to you with Citizens Bank Park because I want you to look over at the food options and give me your favorite that you would pick. Uh, J. Cole Lincoln Financial Field with our Eagles. What do we got? Uh, well, uh, you know what? It's hard for me to pick a favorite because the link, when it started, they just, they almost from like minute one, that stadium opened and they decided we want to have really good food. And, you know, they've had some hits or misses over the years, but they have. I don't want to say the best because it kind of becomes this measuring stick, but I don't know of too many other stadiums, football stadiums, I should say, that have that level of food that consistently. Um, like I mentioned, Peter McAndrew is going to be over there. Uh, Mark Vetri is going to be there. Oh, I mean, These are like James Beard-nominated level chefs at a football stadium. Wow. I, I want people, particularly people that are foodies, maybe the sports people, maybe they're not quite so much into that, but for the food people, when someone gets nominated for a James Beard, they're kind of recognized as yeah. at the top of their profession, it's right? like the Academy Award. Peter McAndrews will be there. Um, you will have Mark Vetri there with Pizzeria Vetri. If you hit any of those pizzeria restaurants, they were delicious. They were just absolutely, absolutely delicious. I'm old enough to remember when pizza at the ballpark was some frozen drive-in theater thing and the lady would put it in the selectric oven and put 10 minutes and tell you to come back and get it and half of it was still cooked and half of it wasn't. And you were glad to have it because you were at a ball game. You were so happy you didn't even care. Now we live, we called it this off the air, we live in a post-food network, post-Hell's Kitchen, post-Top Chef world. Yeah. And we've seen what people can do under difficult conditions. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm watching guys on Top Chef pull out amazing dishes with stuff from a vending machine. So it makes someone who's going to the stadium and dropping a ton of money as it is wonder, hold on a second. Why are they doing this on TV and I've still got this hot dog that eh, maybe it's not that great? A couple of years ago, and mentioned this off the air too, I was at a food industry event in Austin, Texas. And the thing that really interested me, other than food trucks, was stadium food. And I saw what some of the stadiums in this country were were offering. Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City routinely features the national barbecue champion. Kansas City Barbecue Society, yeah. it's where the judges come from, the criteria. Imagine being able to go to the stadium from basically 9 in the morning till 9 at night on game day, and you can get national champion level barbecue. And the prices are very reasonable from what I saw. This was in 2016 I was over there. Um, there were several other arenas and stadiums where they had decided, 
Uh, I, th- I think in uh, Madison Square Garden for a while, they had uh, an Al Natal's Gotham Grill wow. down there. And uh, I mean, you know, again, this is like a James Beard nominated place. And this is where I can go and get, you know, my mushroom risotto. I just don't think people were expecting this kind of food. Nice. And then, of course, there's going to be the, f- the favorite. You know, Mike Quick, Carol Carmichael, they have their barbecue john down there. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Everybody absolutely loves it. You go there. They're usually there saying hi to everybody, pictures. And quite frankly, the barbecue is just really good. Good. Uh, they brought some over to industrial food truck one day, and I was like, I, I turned to Gary, I should give them a truck. <laughs> of course, it's easy for me to say they're Gary's truck. You have an extra one, right? <laughs> and Gary, just put something together. But the truth is, it's really good food. Um, Seasons Pizza will be over there doing their thing. Uh, Tony Luke's, which I, I'm always hesitant to say this first, but because Tony and I, full disclosure, do a show together. Yep, food and but, um The roast pork sandwiches are there. Um, McNally's will have the Schmitter, which can, you know, I would say if there's a sandwich hall of fame in Philadelphia, they're in it. Oh yeah. If you've ever had that Schmitter, it's absolutely delicious. Um, then of course, and I save this for last because people know me as a food truck guy. Um, the link is really food truck heavy and they're food truck heavy in both ways. They're going to have local trucks. Uh, Chewy's is there, which is this great, they have some of the best fried chicken I've ever tried in my life. But they'll also have trucks like Dunkin' Donuts sets up a truck there. Nice. And we talked a little bit about this before the show. It's not just people anymore. Back in the day, you, me, and Bill would have an idea to do whatever. We'd you know, get our money together, we'd get a food truck, and we'd go out there. And that was great. Now, 10 years later, corporations, you know, like uh, Chicken Pizza's building a truck. And, you know, everybody sort of... Is looking for that next big thing. Nice. Chickie and Pete's had a truck. I don't know if, I think they have a physical location at the link, so I don't think they'll need the truck. But they showed up at a night market, and people were just so happy. Night market, for those that don't know, uh, happens about four or five times a year. It's a big Philly food truck event. And uh, Chickie's and Pete's showed up. They dropped the window, and it was crab fries galore. Nice. You know, this is a city that loves crab fries. They just do. Um, maybe the best thing that I've seen is that you can get, I think of a good way to put this, varying levels of quality of food at the link. If you don't have a lot of money, you can still, you're still covered. Right. If you've got a little bit deeper pockets, you know, maybe you're down on that 45 yard line in the lower level, maybe you're in a box seat. Um, you, you, you can have better quality food. If you're up in the cheap seats, there's still something for you. I mean, I think a roast pork sandwich at Tony Luke's is like 11 bucks. And not to be a snob, but if you can't afford 11 bucks for a you sandwich, I don't, I don't know how you got into the stadium. <laughs> right. I know, I, I'm sorry, people. I know I'll get all these emails this week about, I'm a snob, I'm a snob. No, I'm not. But I'm just thinking to myself, even if you don't own a car, you got to you know, you take the train down to Broad Street. You got to walk over. I mean, you know, 11 bucks for a sandwich, I just don't think that's that. I hear you. You know, yeah, I mean, cool. Bill mentioned it. This show is dining on a dime, and while we're not hardcore to the $10 limit, no. we always try to find value in right. something, whether you spend a dime or whatever you've spent. Traditionally, in places like sports venues, it's harder to find the value. Yeah, It's just like Disney World. You know what I mean? I, I go to Disney World. I saw a very funny uh, tweet exchange on Twitter the other day. 
uh, Carl Ruiz, who we've mentioned a few times, uh, he was just, it was just like an ask me anything situation. And somebody said, hey, Chef Carl, I'm going to Hawaii. What should I, where, you know, what should I bring? Where should I go? And Carl's answer was, bring lots of money. Snapples are four bucks a piece. <laughs> and I think to a, a little extent, if you take your family down to Disney World, you know, everybody listening to this that's got spouse, kids, knows what I'm talking about. Um, you know, that, that that smoked turkey leg is like $9. Right. Cokes are like 4 bucks. The next thing you know, you feed two or three kids, and you're taking out a loan on your house to pay for lunch. Um, it's somewhat similar at the ballparks. However, I think they've dialed into that. Bill's point of, we want more families in there, they're offering packages. They're offering, yeah. um, you know, something more reasonably priced. You'll be able to find, like, nachos and chili fries, things that'll fill people up. As much as I would, this is going to be weird for me to say because, you know, I'm kind of the proponent of six square meals a day. But you're only at the ballpark for a couple hours. You don't really need right. a massive meal. You know what I mean? Beer and chili fries or beer and crab fries are going to be fine. When that Schmitter comes out, you can split that with somebody. You know what I mean? Like a mom and dad, two parents can split that Schmitter. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, I mean, we're talking about a couple hours, and let's be honest. Other than, at least in the link, I think when you're talking about Citizens Bank Park, it's different. Baseball is a slower pace. It's more civilized. You're going to be there two so hours. So you're going to be there two, maybe three hours. Um, you can afford to have something, you know, spend more money because you've got the time. Football, let's be honest, you're going to eat either before you go into the stadium, after you come out of the stadium, or halftime. Well, and one of, one of the things that I've always seen at the Eagles games is that Especially football, it's an emotional eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Very so true. Show when the ice Eagles cream are doing bad, the vendors are doing good. Uh, a lot of people will go, go to a, a football game, and a lot of times they know what they're going to eat. They know what they're gonna, that they're just going to start drinking. Uh, money's no problem sometimes. Yeah. But when the team starts doing bad, the vendors start making money. Yeah. You've seen that before. Everybody's screaming for beer, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, um, I've been out in the tailgate quite a bit. I used to do some catering at tailgates back way back in the day. And the Eagles would go down by 10 or 14. All of a sudden, uh, I'd be, you know, prepping food in like a motorhome. A bunch of guys would be outside watching it. Everybody would come in, oh, yeah, how about you throw some steaks on it? Suddenly, everybody was interested in everything <laughs> other than the game. Eagles are up by 10. Nobody cares about food. Yeah, I'll right. eat later. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want my eyes off the screen. Especially at the vet, we used to throw out a lot of intoxicated uh, people <laughs> in those five-hour ball games. <laughs> well, and then on, on the flip side, when the team does well, everybody's buying. So, I mean, it's sort of a win-win, but it's that deep connection between sports and food. It's, very it's that it, there's an emotional connection, there's that experience connection, and then there's just that it's connection between the food and sitting at, at these events. Very true. This is our Philadelphia sports venue show uh, where we're getting you ready for the Phillies and Bryce Harper. Uh, once again, uh, Bill Zimmerman covered Citizens Bank Park. Uh, J. Cole's still doing Lincoln Financial, and then I'm covering Wells Fargo. But I want to explain to our listeners our new segment because we are getting response from the segment. Uh, J. Cole is a... Food truck expert, but he also... Cons <laughs> Amongst other things. <laughs> but he's also a cons consultant for restaurants, and people pay a pretty good dollar to have him come in and 
uh, recommend changes and recommend menu items. Folks except. have been generous. Thank you. Well, my point, though, is I want to get the most bang for our buck with our listeners. And I said, well, you know, let's tap into J. Cole once a week and he'll talk about things at random for the restaurant industry because he, you know, you would have to pay him a lot of money to come in and, and, and tell you some of the knowledge he spreads. So it's called J. Cole Freestyle every day, every week, about 5.30. It's just a random, off-the-top-of-the-head segment. Uh, J. Cole, what's on your mind this week? What's well, on my mind this week, and... <clears throat> <laughs> That's his song. I love that. Understand, man. That there you go. And also why I'm doing the link. Um, <laughs> the thing that really sort of is kind of coming into my mind is service. Nice. Which sort of gets lost a little bit. We're talking about food. We're talking about celebrity chefs, uh, competition shows. It's all great. Um, the restaurant industry has never made more money. Yet the service industry part of it, really, really, really lagging behind. Nice. And uh, to explain, I certainly don't want people who are good servers and good bartenders saying, hey, what are you talking about? Screw you, dude. What I'm talking about is, and before you say screw you, dude, you know as well as I do, you don't have enough backup staff. Nobody has enough backup staff. Um, I've talked to Chef Jim. He has a podcast called Chef AF, and uh, he's talked about this. He's doing, I'm going to recommend people follow him, listen to his podcast on Foodable, because he's doing a much more, we'll say, legitimate, journalistic, scientific take on these things, nice. doing interviews. Mine is much more... Uh, conversational, anecdotal, but usually you would think coming from those two different ends, we'd come to two different conclusions. We don't. We come to exactly the same conclusion. There are not enough people, service-oriented individuals, for the size of the 2019 service industry for restaurants. I don't care if it's a food truck. I don't care if it's, you know, high, like Ruth's Chris. I don't care if it's some little dive bar. In North Philly somewhere, they simply cannot find enough bodies to come in to be straight as sober just for the shift where they work, perform their tasks as asked, and go home and come back and do it again, 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 again. Kids are coming out of culinary school, and that should be the beginning of their education in the kitchen. They see that as the end of their education. Everybody wants to be Bobby Flay. Everybody wants to be an Iron Chef. News for you guys. Most of you won't be. Um, I had a conversation with a kid the other day, and I'm using this as a yardstick. Um, yeah, I'm a diner guy. I'm a food truck guy. Uh, kid finishes from a four-year school. He has his degree. Him and I start cooking a little bit in the kitchen. And, you know, the plates come out. We're doing a little mystery box, and I kick every square inch of this kid's ass. I don't. I, it's the truth. I'm not going to name him, but... I don't, I don't work professionally in kitchens anymore. I haven't for a while. I've been semi-retired from that for several years now. Um, that's pretty sad. That kid's got $150,000, $200,000 in debt, yeah. and he just got his ass whooped by a middle-aged man <laughs> who doesn't cook for anything other than, you know, fun and giggles for his friends or whatever. Um, when I consult, I make one dish, and I will show the line cooks how to make the next 500 dishes. Um, you, you should be a little bit more, I feel like, and I don't blame the kids. I don't blame the students at all. I just don't know if they're getting the full story. 
they're told to, back in the old day, you wanted a job, you started as a dishwasher, you started in the kitchen, you worked your way up, the chef showed you some things, you moved from here to here to here to here, and eventually somebody took a chance on you. That's how most of the chefs in like the Bobby Flay, Peter McAndrew, uh, David Burke generation sort of came up, right? Most of these guys will say the same thing. I was terrible at school. My old man insisted I get a job or move out. So I wash dishes or I peel potatoes. Um, that's how I got started. My parents were caterers and I told my dad, oh, you have your own business. I want a mini bike. I want this. I want that. And my dad was like 13, 14. My dad's like, oh, you want things? Let me show you how you get them. Next thing you know, I'm peeling potatoes, peeling onions. I'm loading uh, the van for bringing stuff over. And I think when you take that college experience and you just turn it into another vocation, there's an element that they're missing, and it's that element of really hard work. I've, I don't know how many food truck operators, bar owners, restaurant owners I've talked to that said, Monday I have somebody come in, and it's really promising. Tuesday they come in, they're running slightly a little bit late, and it's fine. You know, we worked it out. It was great. Wednesday they had to leave early because of their kid, their parent, their this, their that. Thursday they didn't call in. Friday they quit. Mm-hmm. They, literally they can't make it through a week. Um, and even if they do make it through a week or two, they can't last. You can't run a restaurant or a bar or a stadium kiosk that way. You have to have people that come in. My biggest pet peeve right now, more than anything else, food trends don't really bother me. I don't care if people want to throw burgers on cronuts or anything. Yeah, right. Those things come and go. I remember that stuff. I remember the 80s where there was no more than like four ounces of food on a plate that was like 18 inches by 18 inches. I remember all those trends. But the thing, the number one thing that gets me now is the, the, the service is just not where it needs to be. Right now, we have companies that are willing to invest millions of dollars um, in restaurants and individuals, and these individuals get hamstrung by the fact that they can't find a bartender to come in and work a straight six-hour shift without there being problems. Yeah. Food truck operators, they're, you know, every food truck operator I know texts me, hey, Jay Cole, can you do me a solid? And I'm like, let me guess, you need help? Guys that have tremendous reputations. Um, uh, Danny from Angelo's uh, Pizza, he was in Haddonfield, now he's in South Philly. Oh, outstanding. This guy's reputation is, you know, he's the 400-pound gorilla in the room. He's having trouble finding people come in yeah. and work for him. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, if you don't want to work for a guy like this, who's at the top of his game, you know, yeah. you know, how's Mike and Ike's hot dog shack going to get somebody to come in and turn the key and come in? Uh, even the local places, forget outside of Philly, um, there's a pizza shop next to the Tony Luke's in Sicklerville. Tony and I decided to run over there, try some pizza. I think it's called like Bella Pizza or Bella Cafe Pizza. Really good pizza. We grabbed the pie. You know, the guy is in there. He's like, yeah, I'm back to working like 12 hours a day again. This person quit. That person quit. My one kid joined the army. My other kid went to college. And he's got the sign out. It's a perpetual sign. Help wanted. Wow. Well, we And we've just seen this with Passy Young Diner uh, and Oregon Diner. They were 24-hour joints for 50 years. Uh, they recently closed up now at uh, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, they open up back up in the morning. And their main reason was they can't get the staff. And staffing is so huge. Uh, I told you guys on our, another show, uh, in Old City, there was a, uh, a uh, Asian restaurant that actually put a sign on the front window saying, hey, look, we got to take a break. We can't staff the restaurant. 
And that's in Old City. That happened also in, oh, God, I know I'm going to get this address wrong. I'm sorry. I think it was called Foo Kitchen. Okay. Um, it was a food truck. They opened a kitchen. His food was amazing. And they were open and closed and open and closed. And I didn't know if it was a financial issue. I got a hold of him. He, it was him and his wife. And they couldn't get like a third person. They'd have someone go in there for a while. And then they'd move on. And that's why some restaurants you go into and you get a service that is not that great. Uh, no. That, to the point where I'm at Hash House A Go Go amazed at my service because the kid was awesome. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. No. So uh, it sticks out. The good service sticks out. Well, my buddy Jim House, he's a longtime listener to the show. Hey, Jim. Shout out, my man. Hey, Jim. Uh, from Pork Island Barbecue. He just texted me right now, right now, saying... People say, in quotes, I'm literally reading, my, reading his text okay. to me off the air. I don't think Jim will mind. People say, in quotes, they want to work, dot, 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 until we offer them or give them a job. That's exactly right. And that is, you know, maybe Jim, Jim, how about I make barbecue and you come sit here next week and do this? No, that's totally true, though. It's the truth. And I've had so many people tell me this, that they can't, you know, I don't want to be too much of a dead horse here. I want the freestyle to usually be an upbeat thing. Right. But- when I keep seeing this presented to myself, to, in front of me over and over and over again, and it doesn't matter if I'm down in Myrtle Beach, it doesn't matter if I'm down in downstate Delaware, Rehoboth Beach, it doesn't matter if I'm out in you know the Poconos, or, people cannot find. I was in Austin last year. I was in San Diego last year for Comic Con, and several of the food trucks had empty spots. Wow! And I asked what the case was. The one truck had broken down. Anybody who works with food trucks understands that happens and they, they're a scratch for the day. The other four missing food trucks. Now, keep in mind, Comic-Con is like one of the biggest things in San Diego. These guys make easily 10, 15 grand a day. Right. Because they couldn't find anyone to work the truck. Uh -huh. You know, somebody took the job and then when it came time, like, you know, that like third Comic-Con Thursday opens, everybody's probably seeing the pictures on, you know, the internet where it's like 10,000 people in Batman costumes right. bum rushing the building. Well, by noon, those people are bum rushing food trucks. And they, nobody calls into work. So this is literally a coast-to-coast, border-to-border thing. I have food trucks that follow me in Canada. They tell me they have trouble getting staff. I've got uh, tequila bars that follow me down in Mexico, Costa Rica, and they're telling me it's a nightmare to get staff. And I'm thinking, hold on a second. My buddy Javier, shout out to my buddy Javier. He is from, uh, I think he's from... I'm trying to remember. I think he's either from, I think he's from Maniunk. Now he lives down in Costa Rica. He manages a bar. And I'm thinking, it's like it's it's like a waterfront bar. If you can't motivate yourself to show up <laughs> right. for a waterfront <laughs> bar in Costa Rica, right. um, you know what I mean? How does, you know, how does some hole in the wall deli right. down in South Philly going to get a bunch of people to come in and work? Okay. Or, I, I just know, want to explain to our listeners that every week we're going to take a few minutes uh, it's going to be called the J. Cole Freestyle. He's going to talk about what's on his mind. Just a reminder to our listeners, John Cole is a restaurant uh, a consultant. Uh, he consults for food trucks. So you would normally have to pay him a ton of money. But since Wildfire is already paying him a ton of money, we're going to have him give his input. Same input that you would have to pay for. Back to the show. Stadium Foods. Oh, let me just finish with this yeah, real quick. Ahead. I definitely want to go back to the show. Yeah. Let me just say this really quick, and then we'll wrap up the freestyle. Okay. If you want a job, then take the job and do the job. Yeah. If you don't, you know what? Then go work at McDonald's or something. And Why job. even show up for the interview? Why do you even show up yeah, for the interview? It, because these are owners that are taking time out of their day. 
They're trying to train you. I mean, they have kids. They have bills. They have jobs. If you really want to work, someone is willing to train you. If you just want to kind of, you know, drift through life until it's 420 and you can go play video games again, go work for the big corporations. And I hate to say this, but nobody expects good service from them anyway. (laughs) I mean, nobody right. like I'm not going into I'm not going into Wendy's or Arby's for their world class <laughs> service. Right. So do me a favor, stay out of the local places and stay out of the food trucks. Go where you can get away with that. And you people who actually want to work, go go. The best place for you to really go find a job, social media. Yeah. Because a guy like again, a guy like Danny over in Angelos, he's putting it out there on Facebook. Man, I really need someone to come in here and work. I need someone to wash dishes, and I need to teach someone how to make pizza. And everyone wants to do it until it's time to do it. Like Jim said. Jim, that's a great quote. Everybody wants a job until they get one. Yeah, that's true. And uh, that End of rant. (laughs) No, but that's a big deal. I mean, that's a big staffing is a big deal uh, today. Okay, back to the show. Uh, J. Cole, what else do you want to say about Lincoln Financial? Probably the most important thing for Lincoln Financial is... I just popped one of these nuts in yeah. my mouth, actually. <laughs> There's the Deets nuts we're eating. Not everybody has the means to go to a Mark Tree restaurant. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I consider myself fortunate that I can go. I consider myself fortunate that I know people in the industry that I don't have to wait six months. You know what I mean? I can get a seat, even if it's at the bar, even if it's 4.45 in the afternoon. Not everybody can do that, though. Yep. This is a great opportunity You want to go to the ballpark. You want to have fun with your family. You want to create those memories. I mean, most of us here are middle-aged. Everybody has that memory of being with their dad at the ballpark, right? Everybody kind of remembers that uh, at some point. I don't care what the sport was. Maybe they're a hockey game. Now, it's our generation that's trying to create those memories. Um, And, you know, you you don't want the kid to have, you know, you want your family to have something decent to eat. This is going to be a solid shot for you to try Mark Vetri level food. Yeah. At a price that you can swing. I think most of those pizzas are like $14. Yeah, and Pizzeria Vetri is delicious. Pizzeria Vetri is one of the best pizzerias on the planet. Yeah. They've won awards both in America and in Italy for their pizza. Uh, Really well, high-level Italian chefs have said Mark Vetri is like the best Italian chef they've tasted his food of. Yeah. Uh, They have a pizza on here, and I'm probably going to mangle the pronunciation of it, but this is a pizza I've had before, and it is delicious, and it is the Suprasada Taglio, and it's really simple. It's fresh mozzarella. It's the sauce they make in-house, and they're thinly slicing the Suprasada, and it's not sort of like that greasy stuff you're getting maybe from the big box store and uh, little finished with a little olive oil, sometimes a little, little basil or something on top of it. This is a pizza where you have it, and a year later, you're like, oh, you know where I had really good pizza? Now you can get this at the stadium. Yeah. And it will cost you a lot less because you know as well as I do, when you go to a pizzeria vetri, you're going to take four or five people. It's going to easily be, what, four or five bottles of wine. Those bottles of wine will easily run you 100 bucks just for the bottles of wine. Then you're going to get a couple different pizzas to try. Most people just can't afford to drop, like, two bills. Yeah. Um, this is a chance for you to go. And try something that you won't get every day. That's what I tell people about McNally's and the Schmitter. McNally's is up in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's not on the beaten track. It's not a 30th Street station. It's not at Reading Terminal right. Market. Um, the number of times people are actually going to go to McNally's, there's barely like a sign out front. Yeah. 
This is almost like a little secret kind of joint or whatever. Over at the link, this is a chance for you to try a sandwich that you're probably not going to try anywhere else. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, as food writers, we get to go to events and right. we get to try a lot of different restaurants at one exactly. time. And that's one of the great things about doing what I do. I get to go to events or go to a restaurant and they open the entire menu to me. Yeah. You don't get that opportunity a lot. But the we stadium, had that. We were at uh, Steve's Prince of Steaks yeah, in University exactly. City. And the yeah. place was, we were, we were all there. Yep. And they just, you know. For they, the grand opening. They, they, the grand opening. Everything was out there. Um, that particular Steve's, I think, has a liquor license. Yeah. So it was a great night of like beer and pizza and cheesesteaks yeah. for everybody. And, and you can actually do that at stadiums. So if you bring the yeah. family, you bring a couple buddies, you can get one person to go to Tony Luke's. You can get another guy to go to Campos. Perfect. They're all there. You have five or six of these places that you wanted to go visit. You can visit them all in one place. Yeah. You can also, I mean, I, I suggest that if you go with your family, you go with your friends, everybody orders something. You take a little bit of it. Yeah. You sort of spread family it style. Out. Yeah. Family style. Yeah. Family, family style. It, have some fun. Try out everything. And that way, you know, you, you get to experience everything at that in one place without having to travel all around the city. Absolutely. And with that being said, I'm going to tell you about the Wells Fargo Center. Go. And, and I'm very excited because guess what? I love pizza. Guess what? They got Lorenzo pizza. Wow. I love chicken. Chick-fil-A is at the Wells Fargo Center, which kind of surprised me. I would think Chick-fil-A would do really well. Not, not on a Sunday, though. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't open not Sunday, Sunday right? game. <laughs> I like my coffee. I got Dunkin' Donuts at the Wells Fargo. I mean, this is not what used to be. I mean, in the 80s, you didn't have this variety. Well, that's how that Dunkin' truck appeared over at the link. I think people were tired of, and I'm sorry, whoever made the coffee, I'm very sorry. But for years, there was crap coffee at stadiums. The one person who was like the, the the designated driver, that guy got stuck with, especially when it was cold. That guy got stuck with crap coffee. Yeah, and, and you know when you the Dunkin' Donuts truck is out there now, you're like, at least I mean I drew the short straw and I got to be the designated driver, but at least I can get a halfway decent cup of coffee. PJ PJ Wellahans is at the is at the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, goodness gracious, go it's ahead, another Bill. place that's got a food truck too. Yeah, good, Bill. Well, and I, I was just going to say with with uh, Dunkin' Donuts, they're becoming highly invested in the NFL. Yeah. So for every Eagles win, they give you a free cup of coffee the next day, uh, and and a lot of chain restaurants are starting to make that connection. Yeah, and you want to have some ice cream while you're at the game? Jack and Jill is at the Wells Fargo. I mean, this is really amazing. You can pretty much get every. We just we Haven't covered no Flyers game. We covered <laughs> Citizens Bank Park. B- Bill just showed you there's. Hundreds of different places you can go. John was just talking about the link. There's the variety is amazing in Philadelphia sports venues. I want a water ice. Rita's water ice is at Wells Fargo. I mean, this is all stuff you didn't see in the eighties. You know, in the 90s. no, you really didn't. And I get this question I ask a lot. Even though I'm a bigger football and hockey fan than a baseball fan, baseball is absolutely the sport that you want for eating. Yeah. You know, if you're one of those people that you want to, like, leisurely enjoy your meal, that's what a baseball game is for. Yeah. Let, let, let's be honest. I mean, who you know, it's hard to eat during a hockey game, man. It's just, yeah. It really is. Well, yeah. and, and there's that big connection between leisure sports. Uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago when I was down in Florida that uh, I attended a PGA event at the TPC Sawgrass for the Players' Championship, which is coming up. And I was just astonished on the amount of food and the food venues and the food journeys that they were putting together. Uh, they literally 
had us come down from Philadelphia just to talk about food. So this is how important these leisure sports are, are getting into it. And I can remember being in Belize back uh, when I was in college. I worked as an archaeologist, and I would go into the village. They would have cricket events. Cricket events are by far the most leisure event that you can think of. Wow. And that was a two-day eating fest. Oh, man, I have to get more into the Downton Abbey sports. <laughs> Holy cow. And you also have Butcher Burger at the uh, Wells Fargo Center. I mean, it's just oh, amazing. Nice. I'm reading the list, and I'm like, wow. Well, I'll tell you one of the things. A few years ago, they had that Vesuvius exhibit over at, I think it was the Franklin Institute, mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of tablets under glass. One of the tablets was believed to be a menu for the local arena. The local coliseum oh, yeah. so even back like this isn't like a recent thing i mean this could like you were you would talk about the connection about food and sporting events i mean you know they, they, they there were food vendors outside the coliseum in rome mm-hmm. and some of these other towns you know what i mean it's amazing so this has gone back you know if two cavemen were fighting i'm guessing the third caveman rolled in with you know <laughs> and what's amazing to me is i remember as a kid you would get a hot dog you would get the pretzel you yeah. know what i mean this is a whole new ball game well and, and literally <laughs> If you want to look at it, even with the Civil War, uh, you know, we have references historically of families going out and bringing whole picnics out and watching this as a a sort of, I don't want to say leisure sport, but leisure activity. Right. Um, So there's just this connection with watching something. And eating. (laughs) And eating. Yeah. So this is our stadium show. We're getting you ready for the Phillies. We got Bryce Harper now. We're going to have a big season uh, so we figured we'd do a stadium show, Philadelphia sports venue uh, show, just to get you guys ready. I know, what is it, four weeks away, Bill, something like that? Yeah, it's not, it's not far and uh, far away. And uh, and everybody's going to get, and they sold 100,000 tickets the day they signed Bryce Harper. Well, somebody's got to pay that $330 you know I mean? million. Dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, so, what Bill didn't mention to you, that hot dog is now $19. <laughs> So the, the purpose of this show is to get everybody ready for this uh, baseball season. Uh, but I said, you know what, let's talk about the Wells Fargo Center and the link. And I think the uh, connection that we made today was like the sporting venues are up in their game in the food business. I mean, that, that you can go. I was kind of surprised that all three of the Philly sports venues had such a wide variety. Like, you can get so many different things down there. Well, I think we've talked about this. Philadelphia, I mean, Bill's got a ton of clients. Uh, other PR people are just, they're exploding with food clients. Every, it's, it's like this weird musical chairs in reverse. Right. Somebody's always jumping into the game, jumping into the game. They need representation. They need to get in somewhere. Um, a little bit of a shout out to the Xfinity Live Center. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that's not... I mean, I guess it is a sports venue, but not really. There's no actual sporting event going on there. I mean, we've been there for Burger Brawl and a few other things. Right. But this is basically a huge center built for you to come eat, drink, and watch sports on a yeah. big screen. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the whole point of Xfinity. If you don't have a ticket, yeah, you, you go can sit there. there and you can eat and drink and you can experience it. I mean, sometimes you can get have a better experience at the Xfinity Center than actually going to the... I was there. Game. I was there not too long ago, and I enjoyed myself thoroughly. It was great. And I think it really depends on your age too. When I was in my twenties, I desperately wanted to be like in the cheap seats of the vet, right? I just, you yeah. know. Um, now, 
at, at middle age, uh, I am not devastated if I find like a nice big corner booth, one of those round elevated yeah, corner booths at the Xfinity the Live, bunch of my friends, you know, girl starts bringing over pitches, pitches of beer. Um, everything is over at the Xfinity Live Center. Uh, so don't feel like you're completely shut out. You know, I know there are people that are going to be like, oh, Jay Cole, you're talking about all these great places, but I'm never going to get into it. Well, that's fine. There are places in the city to go and watch games for sure. Absolutely. But over at Xfinity Live, I mean, games are on like a movie theater screen. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a Geno Steaks over there. You've got a bunch of places over there where they've well, got decent food. I, I, I'm also not sure, but I think the Piazza in uh, Northern Liberties shows it on their big screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And, and you can sit out there, eat, and watch it. And the entire point is that there's this connection between sports, food, Absolutely. and drinking. Absolutely. Uh, that's the reason why we have bars, pubs, and sports bars. Mm-hmm. Sports bars are its own little category off to the side because that is the popular thing. You go to a sports bar, you go to a pub, you watch the game, you have that experience. It's a little different, but you have that experience all the same. Exactly. And don't forget, guys, we're on Google Play. I looked this up this week. We are definitely available on Google Play and iTunes, please review us so we can, uh, good or bad, let so us I should know. be looking for that Google check soon, you think? <laughs> and, uh, that should be somewhere in the low three figures? <laughs> so uh, uh, Google Play is on every Android phone. So if you guys have an Android phone, just look up Google Play and you can hear our show. <laughs> There's a creepy thought. I'm on everyone's phone. <laughs> it comes with it. <laughs> uh, dining on a dime at Yahoo.com to give us your thoughts. Uh, if you love us or you hate us. We've been. Oh, getting, I'm pretty sure people hate us. No, we've been getting <laughs> mo- mostly love. We are the top Philadelphia foodie radio show in the city. Uh, Philadelphia is number four in the country, and it's really good, good to be at the top foodie uh, show in Philly. Dining on a dime, Yahoo.com. Uh, I actually got a compliment this weekend. I was excited about it. Somebody complimented us on our Facebook page. Please note. <laughs> Please note that I, I add photos from my restaurant photo collection to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash dining on a dime one forward slash Bill Zimmerman is the czar of Indie Philly radio. We are on 11 a.m. Monday to Friday, IndiePhilly.com. Tell us about that, Bill. Well, Indie Philly started as a, a spinoff of uh, Philly Bite magazine. So we wanted to sort of have that voice on the uh, radio. Uh, and we do an 80s music-type type genre. With great music. Time, right. uh, and we're running a sports hour, followed by a food hour from 10 o'clock is a sports hour, 11 o'clock starts food, noon you go to lunch, and you have the places to go. Exactly. So you can listen to us, IndyPhilly.com, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. to 12. Uh, we have a strict rule on this show. We don't, do any, we don't say anything inappropriately. We don't curse. Uh, feel free to play us out loud at your office. I did have emails this week from people saying, hey, uh, I don't, I'm don't, i not familiar with your show. Is it okay to play it? I said, we are G-rated. F yeah, you can listen to us <laughs> in a nursery. No, We're G-rated. Feel free. I encourage you to play us while you're at work. Uh, a lot of people work in office buildings in Center City, listen to the show. Uh, they were, you know, they they were saying that's so nice that they can listen to a show at their office and not have to worry about people coming around the corner uh facebook.com forward slash dining on a dime one forward slash we'll show you our photos uh every week when we do a show 
Uh, if we talk about a certain restaurant, I will post a photo of my experience at that restaurant. So most of the picks I give on the show, you'll see the photo on the page. But please like us because we're getting a lot. Of, I'm getting a lot of notifications. Twenty new views, but no, no new likes. So maybe got, they didn't like what they saw. <laughs> so make sure you like us. Uh, maybe Bill, you shouldn't be doing the show in your pajamas, <laughs> Kevin. So, Bill, let's uh, let's give you uh, one more plug. What about Philly Bite Magazine? What's going on with them? Well, with Philly Bite Magazine, we are getting ready to start talking about uh, the events coming up in March. So we just had uh, Women's Day. Nice. Uh, so we had an article about uh, different historical women. And we're going to be doing a lot on St. Patrick's Day coming up this week. Uh, and we're going to be talking about our, our normal where to go and what to see. And there's a lot of new restaurants that are going to be opening up, so stay tuned. Phillybite.com. Uh, let me tell you, we're going to have a hysterical show next week because next week we're going to do an Irish food show. We're going to talk about Irish places, great Irish places. But we're going to be calling an Irish bar in Old City live uh, on St. Patty's Day night. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just the sound of people getting thrown out into the street by 530. So, so next week, uh, tune in. This is episode 26. Uh, episode 27 will be our St. Patrick's Day show. I wanted to do, I've been wanting to do a show about Irish food because I enjoy Irish bars. I enjoy Irish food. Nothing like an Irish breakfast, man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh, it's too heavy. No such thing. No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. Uh, You're not calling me next week, are you? No, 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 no. We're going to call. You'll be awake by 530. I will be at the bar. We're going to call people at the bar. My start time is 9 a.m. on that day. (laughs) We're going to catch them. Lucky for us, our show is only 5 to (laughs) 6. Because we're going to be talking live from an Irish bar in Old City, uh, Plowing the Stars. Taylor, find that Lucky Charms music for next week, bud. (laughs) So I know a podcast is generic. I'm going to get the emails. I understand that. But we're just going to talk about Irish food. I've been wanting to talk about uh, great Irish food uh, in the city. Uh, Bill, one more thing. Talk about Deets Nuts, the meat bites. Well, we had brought the Deets Nuts in because it sort of falls into sports, ironically, in that... Deets Nuts uh, is from Deets and Watson. They had decided to sort of create these this package of Deets Nuts, which are meats nuts. And they wanted to sort of have a Super Bowl spoof type thing and make, make light of it. Uh, what they've decided was that eventually they thought that they could create a new sports snack. Um, and, you know, looking at how gritty turned out, uh, I first yeah. thought that that was the worst marketing <laughs> idea that ever came Turns across out the he's city huge. of Philadelphia, and it became huge. So, you know, more power to uh, Dietz and Watson, but it just goes to show you how these corporations and businesses are trying to jump into the game. That's right. And uh, just want to say one thing, uh, if you're a new listener, because we're getting a lot of emails from new listeners, I guess, from the syndication or whatever. Uh Dining on a dime is symbolic for best bang for your buck. Uh, we're not a dollar store. We're not sitting here talking about, uh, you know, $3 burgers. It's basically we find the places that give you the best bang for your buck, meaning great restaurants that I don't have to toss down a hundo, as John would say. Yeah, it's the truth, though. I mean, we try to find value, but... And we had a couple of issues with a couple of PR companies that didn't want to associate with us because they thought we were, like, <laughs> you know, undercutting the whole industry. But uh, this show is about 
uh, getting the best bang for your buck, eating at a high quality experience at a at a reasonable price. So well, I, yeah, we've done shows where we've told people where to get sixty dollars steaks for thirty bucks. Exactly. Uh, where we've told people to get fifty dollars dinners for fifteen ninety nine, yeah, whether it's lunch or happy hour. It's just a couple of PR people firms were uh, not wanting to associate with us because they thought we were you know oh, dollar store. PR firms, don't be scared, homie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode five, wildfireradio.com. Look up episode five. We did a fine dining show. We did do a fine dining show. Yeah. We did a show where we had a uh, shirt and tie, grown-up right. clothes we had to wear. Yeah, so uh, dining on a dime at yahoo.com. Tell us what you think. Have a great week. Stay hungry, everybody. You can find Table for One, written by Dining on a Dime's own Kevin Wilson at Barnes and & Noble and Amazon.com. Be sure to download John Cole's other two podcasts, The Food Truck Authority, and Foodin' Around with Tony Luke at wildfireradio.com.